Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And we are here to talk about comic books that are could be in your hands today. Right. This is instant gratification, which is what we are all about on this podcast. Are we? Yes, that's right. I don't know if that's true. Uh, definitely. Instant audio uh, gratification. Okay. Great. You know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's get into the stack. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a some great books. Let's kick it off with an event. An event, Leviathan, number one, from DC Ooh. Comics. Uh, this uh, is an upcoming event. Uh, it's not even upcoming. It's here. Okay, great. How do you feel? It's like you're waiting for a train. Boom, there it is. Wow, that's always nice when that happens. Great, yes. Yeah, so uh, I, I like this as an event. Uh, I think the art is amazing. It kind of sets up a big... Uh, who done it kind of thing. I'm on board. So this is um, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. I've heard of him. Uh, who uh, very recently came over to DC Comics in, right. in the last year. He's been on Superman. And this is his first sort of big event uh, that he is uh, headlining. Um, we Alex Maleev on art, who we uh, love, Fantastic. love his stuff. Yep. Uh, now, we've seen some setup in this, uh, in the Superman books. Um, there's uh, set the stage. We've got all the spy organizations in the D- DC universe have just been and wiped out. Uh, nobody knows why. And this book so far is focusing on uh, Batman, Lois Lane, and some of the other detective characters who I think we're going to get into here. Yep. Um, who gets some Steve Trevor, everyone's fave. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Dude, there's nothing like some Steve Trevs. He seems like he's in a bad place here, though. Yeah, Steve's not himself. No. And, you know, because he, he, he dated Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you say it like that? I'm just saying, like, after a breakup like that. Oh, okay. Sometimes you can be in a bad place. Yeah, yeah you're going to go, you're going to be a little emotional and, like, yeah. maybe. But are they currently on the outs? I, I believe so, yes. Oh, that's heartbreaking. They don't bring it up. How long do you think he'll bring it up? He'll be like, yeah, you know, I dated Wonder Woman. Everyone's like, we know. Dude, it's I would over. bring that up forever. You'd be like, yeah, if yeah. you dated Wonder Woman briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, so, uh, this kind of event really feels like it uh, It lets Bendis shine a little bit because we're dealing with a, a sort of 
big thing uh, that we don't quite understand yet, but the way he writes dialogue is great. I feel like that's sort of his signature thing. Uh, everyone yeah, speaks feels like Batman. Yeah, Batman. Is, his voice feels like it's uh, sort of tailor made for Batman. That's why it's interesting that he they started. He started on Superman in the DC universe when it feels like the verbosity of Batman, the sort of like ahead of everyone else, feels like so much in Bendis' voice. So I got to think they're lining that up at some point down the road. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, man. The team on Batman right now is six, so you can't fuck with that. True. But interesting, his run was shortened by many issues. Yeah. Maybe they're going to put a heavy hitter over there like uh, Mr. Brian Michael Bendis. So this feels like a fun event um, that, uh, unlike other DC events, which feel sort of uh, sweeping, this feels like it, it's a big event, but we're right there with the characters the whole time. So I like the start of this. Yeah, it's a fantastic first issue. Does a great job of kind of like getting you on board with, with, with what's happening and getting you excited for more. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into uh, a book from Image Comics called The Ride Burning Desire Number One. Pete, now you were just talking about your burning desire for Wonder Woman. So why don't you give us uh, a quick breakdown of what you thought of this book? Well, uh, the ride, interesting enough, is something in New York City. They have a big bus that kind of goes around. It's called the ride. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, comedians work for that, and it's a lot of fun. Did you know that I worked for that for many years? Yes. I was there when it started. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of uh, teeing you up. You're teeing me up for that. Um, This is unrelated to that. Oh, weird. Uh, So this is a, uh, it's sort of a jam comic. Zalbin isn't here because it's got some weird kinky sex yes, we get shit some sex. in there that Zalbin loves. So in reading the back matter, this is like a jam comic that's been running for a long time and is just being, uh, I guess, picked up by Image mm-hmm. and uh, spearheaded by a gentleman named uh, Doug Wagner. Um, and we get some Adam Hughes art in the backup uh, of this story. But it's about uh, sort of noir set stuff set in, in America uh, dealing with, um, I believe they say, bad men and worse women, uh, up to no good. The first story focuses on a uh, strip club. Yeah, I like the first story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, tell. Well, I just it's kind of a good setup where you don't know what's happening, walking in a strip club that's kind of like one side's for dudes, one side's for ladies type of thing. And that's then, great. Uh, you know, just kind of madness unfolds a little bit. Uh, and then... You know, we kind of have this lady detective who's now kind of like a bouncer working security. Um, so, yeah, you kind of got your main character a little bit down on her luck, maybe. Uh, she's got a kind of ankle bracelet that sees she has in trouble with the law, even though she used to be the law. So it seems like an interesting story there. She's uh, a badass. You love a good badass. I love me a good badass. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Second, other stories not so excited about, but hopefully uh, I will get one good story out of this. Now, oh, wow. That's the spirit. Uh, now, you must have liked, though, the uh, we sort of land on, there's a, very, a car heavily featured in this comic. Yeah, hell yeah. I can't wait for more of that. Uh, so that's always, Pete loves a car. You should read, like, a car magazine. Maybe that's, like, sort of the ultimate comic book for you. Nope. No? Okay. I love comics. Okay, great. Uh, thanks for trying to steer me away, but no thanks. Uh, the backup story... Uh, You've been trying to get rid of me for years. No, never. I'm trying to start a, a car podcast for you. You know, car talk on NPR from like uh, for old people? It, it's come you. and gone for a while. What? You love car talk? No. Oh. I just... Uh, you. Oh, that was just an unrelated people. fuck you. I'm not saying... 
it seemed like you were saying like you're it's for old people. And yeah, do you get called old a lot? By you, yes. Okay. Well, I am the youngest member of the comic. I yeah, you won't let us forget that. And the tallest. I don't know if that's true. It is true. What did you grow? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think so. I'm uh, still waiting on that growth spurt, baby. Come on. The backup story uh, by Adam Hughes uh, definitely starts in a dark place, um, but uh, takes uh, we get some good redemption um, as it goes on, some violent redemption, Yeah, which now, I would think be something right over the plate for you. Now, Adam Hughes is known for his art. Uh, yeah, he is an artist. A fantastic artist, yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> All you wanted to say about that great uh let's move on and talk about rick and morty present me seeks number one me seeks uh so now this uh obviously spinning out of uh, rick and morty oh uh, yeah very popular show very popular show you, you a fan of the rick and the morty i watch a little bit of rick and morty i uh, you can't just watch a little well, bit well that's you, my issue i haven't really done the full dive you gotta go in so i take it you are oh yeah there you go every app bro that's that's great and can't uh, wait for the new season uh, I'm very excited for that to dive into it, which I haven't done yet. Um, this, uh, we jump into these, uh, I guess what I'm guessing is a side character, Mr. Meeseeks, yep. uh, which, do simple Meeseeks. Tasks, uh, which do simple tasks yep. uh, before vanishing and really blow out the idea of what does life uh, mean, both for all of us and for something that uh, appears when a task happens yeah. and then vanishes when that task Gets is real complete. deep and weird. I mean, it's classic kind of Rick and Morty where they go off on tangents um, and do a lot of, a bunch of just kind of like saying stuff about other things. So I think it does a great job of capturing the show, but not a good Rick. No, not a good Rick? Does No, it does not feel wow, like Rick. Rick purist over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's my only complaint. I thought this was a great comic. I loved what they did, what they were saying. It was really cool, very well done. But the small Rick moment that we got didn't feel like Rick. It really takes uh, takes this to a dark place um, with the uh, yeah. just on what the take on what life means is sort of pretty uh, like meaningless, right? Um, which I thought was uh, was I liked that. And these characters are fun. Uh, it's written by uh, friends of the show, uh, James Asmus and Jim Fastante. Oh yeah! Uh, so that's uh, fun to see them back out in the game. Uh, they never never left the game. Il- it's illustrated by C.J. Cannon. The art is uh, spot on for the show. Yeah. Um, I like this a lot, even though I'm not uh, a huge fan of the show. You can definitely uh, pick it up. Yeah, I mean, that Basante is like, he's an old pithead, man. Yeah, I know. I was uh, thought you might know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, our old director, Matt Donnelly, and him used to be on a really amazing improv group together. Their little background, a little uh, peek into comedy history from yeah. Old Pete, as we call him around these parts. Hey, fuck you. They call him Old Pete in the comedy world. But I'm glad uh, Jim's going to work, dude. That dude is hilarious as shit. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's move over to a Marvel comic, Age of X-Men, The Marvelous X-Men, number five. Uh, Pete, have you been following this event, Age of X-Men? No. Okay. If you uh, want to just drone on about this bullshit, just wake me up when you're done. Uh, great. What a lovely person to have co-hosting a podcast with yeah. me. Uh, Wait, did you enjoy this? So Age of X-Men is this event, uh, sort of the, uh, 
uh, opposite side of the coin of the Age of Apocalypse, where X Man, uh, a very powerful X Man, X Man, <laughs> uh, he was um, he originally came to the Marvel Universe from the Age of Apocalypse. He is um, Cable, Nate Summers, uh, same man from a different dimension, and uh, very powered up uh, recently in a X Men crossover. And he pulled a lot of the X Men into sort of his own universe where everything is nice, where you don't have any relationships, no like partners in any way That's the x there's no no real crime uh, apocalypse is sort of a, a 60s style rebel uh just trying to open expand people's minds and this issue really opens up and exposes uh x-man's plan he's constructed every part of this universe including apocalypse's role um as sort of the uh antagonist to his team did you X-Men. like this comic um, I have I uh, just like you have dropped off on this event a little bit um, because of uh, what we talked about in the other issues we've reviewed, where it feels like we're ahead of it because we know that this utopia is bad um, right from the jump. Uh, but I will say, I this issue made me excited to read the last issue of the crossover, Age of X Men Omega, which is coming out very soon, uh, because I do want to see how it ends up. I've always liked the X Men character, the series that ran through the. Late 90s was great. One of my favorite comics of all time, uh, especially in the X-Men universe. And uh, so I love the character, and it was cool to see, to be in his head a little bit here. I hope they can redeem the character and bring him back to being sort of this outsider good guy at some point. Pete, I've uh, spoken verbose. I've spoken uh, about this comic for a while. You called it Droning On. What did you think of this comic? I thought Blue... Uh, anytime you're dealing with the summers, you know, the quality dips. Uh, he, so no, don't say, what, you don't like any summers? None. Not what about one. Donna Summer? Fuck you, man. Donna Summer is a, a national treasure. We're not talking about him. I'm talking about a summers in the X-Men fucking world. Uh-huh. All right? All a bunch of a-holes. Wow. So Cable you hate. Dude, first panel out of this is Scott being a complete douche. Yeah. Well, he's he's barely in this comic. Yeah. Um, so you you just hated this uh, for top to bottom. Yep. I mean, the art's good. Uh, great. I just uh, let's get on and do this big X Men thing that'll hopefully save uh, you know make X Men comics good again because um, I'm I'm looking I want that. You're talking about the Jonathan Hickman run that starts. Um, at this yeah, July. I don't. I'm not. I'm nervous about it. I'm you're nervous really about nervous. that. Yeah, but you're, uh, you seem unhappy where we are, so uh, shouldn't you be excited about where we're going? I would like to, but the problem is Hickman is so heady that I'm, uh, it's been rare that I've enjoyed some of his bigger events. Nice. So, uh, well, I guess we'll see. I'm very excited for, uh, for that as well, and I guess we'll see how it ends up here in Omega, number one. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, a book from Image Comics, Sonata, number one. Uh, Pete, this was a uh, sort of a fantasy uh, world, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, riding of dragon-like creatures. Uh, you got to love that. You got to love that shit. You got to love that. Like, it's sort of like a Game of Thrones, uh, which I know is something that you, Fuck you. tolerate. Um, Pete, what did you think of this comic? Uh, I think it, I really, it was really close to being an amazing comic. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting world, kind of cool premise. But the problem is we didn't get to know enough about some people to really care what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, I need a little bit more. I wanted to feel for the girl and the dad a little bit. 
Um, but I'm excited for more. I think um, I'm definitely going to pick up the next issue. I love the creativity. I love the art. I thought this was a very interesting, cool premise. I just uh, I wanted a little bit more, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, uh, I liked uh, the art a lot on this as, as well. A very uh, detailed work. Yeah. Uh, really nice um, uh, focus on a lot of great shadow and use of all of that. Um, and... Yeah, I uh, I liked it too. I like sort of like you're saying. I wasn't crazy in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like a lot of uh, books we read sort of introduce the world in the same way, where you're in the character's head. You're like, oh man, I'm I'm good at this one thing, but there's this mystery about the world I'm in, and I have to figure it out. Um, so I think we're ready for a new format for a lot of these uh, types of comics. But in general, this is a good execution of that very particular format. Yeah. Uh, let's move on and jump into uh, a book from DC Comics, a very a funny book. It's The Batman Who Laughs, number six. Um, this the this uh, is not a funny book. The second to last chapter. Um, we've uh, had a look at all of these issues. Um, we Over the course of the series, um, Batman has been injected with the toxin that turns him into The Batman Who Laughs from the um, uh, dark metal uh crossover that Scott Snyder did, this uh, bringing the character into what we think is maybe our DC universe. Uh, Batman's infected. Um, Commissioner Gordon has had to team up with his son to try to put a stop to it. Yeah, um, this is some real heartbreaking shit, bro. Uh, yeah, you know, Scott Snyder, he has just, it feels like he has endless riffs on Batman. And this is just another good one. Mm-hmm. The idea of Batman becoming Joker and what that does to him, the man who thinks ahead of it all, losing his mind. Um, and really, we, we are in his head as he's been transforming. If you read this issue closely, you can see the highlighted letters spell little messages within the, the dialogue or the, uh, the text of the book. So you're, it sort of feels like you're going crazy along with Batman throughout this book. And it feels like he's pushed to... And Edge, that's the other thing Scott Snyder does, is finds new edges for Batman to be pushed to. Yeah, it's really impressive the amount of torture that he has put Batman through. It's like he hates Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also this whole like father-son dynamic, really just unbelievable, very powerful. Between and it's the just, Gordons. Yeah, and it's just really crazy to me. I mean, Jim Gordon, such an amazing, uh, like, stoic character in the Batman universe, like, having problems talking about the love of his son and what he's done and him being okay with it is just holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I God, this book is amazing. I At first, I was like, Batman who laughs, fuck you. But this has done a really great job of turning me around and getting excited for this event. Uh, nice. And one more issue left. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think this is our Batman? God, that would suck. I mean, the a lot part of the premise is that um, Batman is pulling, or the Batman who laughs is pulling other Bruce Waynes from other dimensions, yeah. from other worlds. And the into. fact that we got the Batman that he pulled was just the young kid Batman. I was like, dude, Batman's losing it, man. Yeah, that was supposed to be his like big move. And that did not work well. Hopefully it pans out. Yeah. But can't get ready for the punchline. Oh, man. I'm worried about, you know, poor Alfred's just kind of like, you know. How are you dealing with the toxin that's been slowly overtaking your body, driving you mad? Uh, are, you the, are you the Pete who laughs yet? Not yet, man. 
You're sort of the grim Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look forward to meeting the Pete who laughs. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, our last book, one from Marvel Comics, Silver Surfer Black, number one. Part of the um, ever-expanding Donny Cates uh, universe, his take on these uh, Marvel characters. Um, he's uh, really blew up with his Thanos book. Yeah. But he's had um, some very notable uh, takes Cosmic or issues. Cosmic Ghost Rider book was Cosmic amazing. Ghost Rider, obviously. Um, Venom. He's yeah. really brought uh, more of a mythology to the Venom-verse, if that's a term we're using now. Uh, and this, uh, he jumps into Silver Surfer. Man, I loved this book. This is my favorite book of the week. What? For reals? For reals. I love the Silver Surfer character. I feel like he's been criminally underused in the current Marvel continuity. And this feels like uh, the Sandman for the Silver Surfer. Whoa. It feels like uh, it has that sort of... um, a bit of a trippy take on him. Yeah, the that art was, that's feels my like only thing is it spends too much time being tripped out. But it really explores uh, his head and the mythos around him, like where he's been, how powerful he is. Um, he's in a, a his crying. He's how much crying. He cries. A lot. He cries, he cries a lot. every day, bro. Well, he's a surfer. He's very you know surfers are connected with the, I the guess waves. So. Um, they're very emotional people. Let me ask you: Have you ever surfed? Uh, yeah. How was it? I love surfing, man. You love surfing. Uh, I can't. I don't. I can't get up. I do the old boogie boarding. You know what I mean? A little body surfing. Oh, your body surfing. Yeah, uh, oh, that's different. Yeah, it's not the silver body surfer. Nope. But that's not a bad idea. The silver, the silver boogie boarder. Yeah. Sort of like the maybe you do with the bronze boogie boarder. You know what I mean? A little bronze. Oh, shake. Yeah, shake it up. Yeah. Uh, the gold body surfer. No. Gold, silver, is, bronze. <laughs> the gold doesn't sound as fun as that. Neither does bronze. body surfing. Bronze body surfer sounds fun. Do you think he struggled to, the Silver Surfer struggled to get up on his board initially? I, everybody does. Everybody does? Yeah. So you've never gotten up? I've never, I've never tried to do the real surfing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, How about you? I have, yeah. Oh, yeah? I did uh, surf briefly one time. Nice. Got up on the. Congrats, on the man. Yeah, hit the wave. And so I, that's why I identify with this silver surfer. Oh, so much. Yeah, that's why it's your dude. Yeah, exactly. So when you, like when you hang 10 on a, a sweet Betty of a wave, <laughs> it's just like surfing the cosmos with the power cosmic at your fingertips. Wow. Nice. I'm glad you, nice little Betty ref, dude. Yeah, no, totally, dude. Uh, but anyway, like I, I do mean this uh, when I say this is a great book. It is it really feels like it uh, broadens the story of the Silver Surfer. And there's a great um, last page reveal uh, that I was excited about. And but let's not spoil it. Okay. I'll tell you, Kate's is uh, really killing it right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yes, me too. Uh, guys, that's it for the stack. Uh, but this is not the only podcast that we do. Uh, we do many, many more when we're not hanging 10 or in Pete's cases, hanging two or three. Uh, we do podcasts, uh, podcasts about Riverdale, Riverdale After Dark. We do our main show, Comic Book Club Live, which we are about to do in mere moments. Uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast. Pete, where else can people check us out? Uh, they can go to comicbookclublive.com. Also, friend us on Facebook. So you get to know about the amazing guests on our live show. You can follow us at Twitter at Comic Book Live. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you live. Let, let us know, know if, if you cry every day. Let us know if you cry. Let yeah. us know who you think is old. 
Uh, guys, we will see you next week where we have another uh, st- heavy stack of books on the stack. And now it's ending out of the stack.